Welcome to the As We Go podcast, where we explore God, faith, scripture, and everything in between when it comes to this messy life. In today's episode, we ask, how do we know if we can actually trust the Bible? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any content. And now for today's episode. What is going on, guys? Will DelVal here, back with the As We Go podcast. Some exciting news. I feel like every week I have exciting news. But on our YouTube channel, we finally hit 200 subscribers. And we are like really close to hitting 300 subscribers. Now, I know for some people, that's like, that's not a lot of subscribers. Well, for me to organically try and build this, this, this dialogue to get the 300 for me is a huge deal. So I'm just so excited. Thank you to all who subscribe. Thank you to all who give on the Patreon. Thank you just to everybody who is engaging with the conversation. And again, um, that's what this is all about. Engaging scripture, looking at the Bible with, with fresh eyes, with, with new ears to hear, to try and put our faith in the, the, the world we live in, the life we have together. To relook at it as we are going, as we are learning to look at what scripture says and, and how does it relate to our lives. And I think that's important to talk about is this is completely, this whole channel, this whole podcast is based off of scripture. This week, I'm actually, I'm on vacation um, from the church this week. We, the whole staff has off. Um, and so, you know, me and my family, we've just been having a lot of downtime, a lot of, a lot of afternoon naps, some movies. Uh, and, you know, at night I've been just kind of on YouTube. And, you know, the, that we, you know those moments when you're like, okay, I don't really want to watch TV, but I want to put on a movie or something. So you start to scroll through Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever it is. You start to scroll through and you just can't find anything to watch. I remember growing up, my dad said, could you imagine if we had millions of channels, but nothing to ever watch, ever to watch? And that has become our reality. We have so many streaming services and we have nothing to watch ever. I mean, my wife always kind of like, what do you want to watch? And what happens is we just scroll YouTube for like two or three hours and we end up going, watching nothing and then going to bed. So my dad's version of torture has come true where we have millions of channels and nothing to watch. But the other day, me and my wife were doing that. We're just kind of scrolling through YouTube. I actually think my wife went to bed and I was scrolling through YouTube and um, I'm just trying to find something to watch, find something to watch. Um, and I like this, this one channel where they have this thing called Middle Ground. And maybe you've heard of it. Um, I, I like what they do is they take people from two different concepts or two different ideas on, on different topics or issues and they put them all in the same room and they want to help them find the middle ground. So they have this dialogue and these prompt questions and you agree or you disagree and then you come together in the middle and they discuss and they see if they can find any middle ground. And this one had to do with Christianity. A few of them have to do with Christianity. Um, and, and I find it very interesting. I'm not really going to go with too much into what they talked about. But what I found interesting about these debates is it reminded me of how much we just don't, we just don't know of, of things. And by that, I mean, is when they were, they were on that YouTube channel and they were debating different types of Christianity. And the whole time I'm just cringing, not because of the topic. I'm not afraid of the issues. I'm not afraid of the hard topics. But why I was cringing was they were, it was Christians versus ex-Christians. And then the ex-Christians were just using, even some of the Christians were just using scripture so terribly. And by that, by that, I mean, is like, they were like, well, you know, the Bible's okay with sexuality because, you know, or Christians should be okay with different types of sexuality because in the Bible it says don't eat shrimp. 
in the Old Testament and I see a lot of Christians eating shrimp and I'm like, that's, that's not how it works. Or they're like, well, you know, because the, and one of my favorite ones is, you know, the Bible has been translated so many times into so many different versions. It's like the biggest game of telephone. So there is no possible way that the Bible we have today is the correct, accurate scriptures of God. They've all been changed. Everything's been like for political gain. It's very Americanized. Um, so I'm just cringing at that because as a pastor, you know, I read this book a lot. I try to read this book all the time. Um, it's probably, you know, I've been reading this book almost every day since 2010 and we're now in 2023. So I read it a lot. And like I did, sometimes I'm, I'm just, I'm just crushing chapters. I'm just reading chapter after chapter after chapter. And sometimes I'm reading like a verse and like, I, I, you know, I'm like hoping to get more in. And sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what I'm reading. Um, so I, I, I was cringing at, at this video because I was like, man, they are just talking about how we got scripture so terribly. And then I started thinking like, that's what I thought before. I didn't know how we got the Bible. And even in conversations with people today in the church and out of the church, a lot of people don't know how we got this book in front of us like, and, what, and what it's actually used for. I mean, a lot of times as kids, but even adults, what they do is what? They base it all off a of chance. They think, okay, well, this is the word of God because someone told me that. And, and they go to church and they listen to a pastor talk and they put up verses on the screen and they just believe what's ever up there. And they say, because someone told me that. I remember when I was in college, in 2010, it was my first year of college, and I was in this pastoral class. Um, so, granted, we were there to learn about the Bible. And I'm in this pastoral class, and I started talking about women in ministry. Big debated topic in the church um, from all different denominations, and denominations to talk about another day, but all these big topics. And I remember this one guy in my class, the professor asked him, who the, and the professor was a pastor, asked him, like, what do you think about women in ministry and use, use scripture to define it? And he says, well, scripture says women are not allowed to ever speak um, in, in, in a gathering. And, he, and the pastor's like, really? Does it actually say that? Is, it, is there nuances there? Is, it, is there more context? And he goes, well, well, no, it says women are not meant to speak. And so he was like, from that, what do you think women are good for? And he goes, to get milk out of the fridge. And the audible gasp from all of us in the room were like, what? And he's like, yeah, women are good for getting milk out of the fridge. This is a true story. And we all, we all were shocked. And the pastor kept saying, like, well, what verse is that found in? And he was like, oh, well, you know, it does. He's like, I, I can't remember the verse. We know that cleanliness is next to godliness. And everyone in the room kind of heard that phrase before, cleanliness is next to godliness. And the pastor again goes, where is that found? Where, where, what, what scripture is that? And he goes, oh, it's in Psalm 3. And so the pastor's like, okay, everybody get out your Bibles. The pastor's mad now because he kind of worst, was, one, really rude to all the, all the females in our class, saying they're only good for getting milk out of the fridge. And then he's trying to pivot that somehow. I can't remember how he got there. The cleanliness is next to godliness. So he goes, okay, find, everyone get out your Bibles. So we're all getting your Bibles. He goes, turn to Psalm chapter 3. So we all turn to Psalm 3, and it doesn't say that. Nowhere in there remotely does it say cleanliness is next to godliness. But then other people in the class start to scratch their heads like, but is, it, is that a Bible verse? And he goes, okay, hey, it's, it's not in there. And the guy goes, oh, you know what? It must have been a, a Proverbs chapter three. Everybody flipped there. So we flipped there. It's, it's not in there. And then he finally goes, okay, you know, uh, where is it? And he goes, oh, 
you're using the wrong translation. We all have the NIV. You have to use this thing called the KJV, the King James Version. So the pastor, bold as ever, pulls out a KJV Bible, puts it on the desk and says, hey, can you find me the verse? Verse is not in there. But this guy the whole time in a pastoral class thought that verse was in there. Very rude to women. Needless to say, he didn't survive the whole semester. He ended up quitting college, at, uh, and I, I never saw him again after a few more classes. Whoa, breaking the fourth wall and jumping into my own episode. I'm here to tell you that the As We Go podcast has started a Patreon. We want to continue to grow this content and get the message out there. We want to up our quality and start having interviews and more dialogue with each other. To do that, we need some support. So will you consider giving to our Patreon? You can find it wherever links are. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any content. And now let's get back into the episode. But for me, that was scary because here I am at this, at this Bible college and there's people there who think there's the verse as cleanness as godliness women are only good at getting milk out of the fridge like i mean so we have to i think it's important if we're ever going to explore scripture and try to relate scripture to our lives and look at it with fresh eyes we first have to know what scripture is and where does it come from and we actually have to know what scripture is like we have to actually know these words too many of us and come on we're all guilty of it i've done this we, we look at the Bible and we just flip and we have a problem. Like we're praying about something like, hey, should I date that person? Or, hey, should I get that job? Or should I even go to school today? And we use it like a magic eight ball. We just flip and we point to a scripture and it says, oh, okay, in Psalm 104 verse 10, you make springs pour water into ravines and so streams gush down from the mountains. Ah, I get it. I'm supposed to date that person. Or maybe I'm not supposed to get that job. And I think we're using scripture wrong. We, we treat it like this magic eight ball. We just flip through the pages. And then it's like, okay, whatever that says, I'm going to apply to my life. That does not work. Please don't do that. I think if we're really going to go after what scripture is and, and learn to relate it to our lives, we have to answer and ask the big question, is the Bible trustworthy? Do you even know how we got this thing called the Bible? Little secret, right? The, the chapters when you read like Genesis 1 verse 2, the chapter and, the, and the, the, the verse 2 part, that was all written after. That's not part of the word of God. That was so we can, under, we can remember where to find things and get there easily, right? That's just the tool we have. But scripture is big and it's vast. And it can be confusing and it can be so simple at the same time. I remember when I was a kid, uh, when I was in youth group, someone said, the Bible is the most sim simple, complex book you'll ever read. And I, I feel that. I feel like, man, the Bible is so simple. Kids can understand, hey, this is what says, obey this. This is what says, don't do that. But then how many colleges and institutions and scholars and, and studies do we have on trying to understand this very complex book that people debate about constantly all the time? You know, I got my degree in Bible and theology, so I, I've read the Bible a lot. I've read it in, in all these different translations. I've studied it back to front, cover to cover, and I still have questions. And I'm not afraid of questions. I think questions are good. My, my youth pastor once said growing up, I know when you're really on to faith or discovering faith, when you're asking a lot of questions, because you're taking it seriously. Rather than, oh, well, the pastor said in Proverbs 3, it says cleanliness is next to godliness. You've searched it out yourself and you're like, Psh, that is not in there. So what is scripture? What is the Bible? So I'm hoping maybe this podcast is a little shorter. Maybe it'll be a little longer. Who knows? Because I'm just going off the cuff here. 
But what you have to know about scripture is that it's a book, right? It's, 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 it's like a library. It's a collection of books just kind of put in one. I remember uh, one time when I was maybe a few years ago, I wanted to read all the Lord of the Rings books. So I bought like the Lord of the Rings book, the compact version where it's like just all the books into one. I got it at Walmart or something like that. Um, and that's what the Bible is. It's not Lord of the Rings, but it had, it's a collection of books kind of all put into one. Um, now, this Bible is an NLT Bible, right? New Living Translation. So I usually study. I'm getting a little heady for you, but try and keep up with me. And I'm, not, I'm just being facetious. I, I study the Bible in the English Standard Version, ESV. It's my blue Bible, one with all the sticky notes in it. Um, but when I try to read it, I sound dumb as bricks, man. I, I try to read it, and I just trip over my own words. And the ESV translation is translated from the original manuscripts word for word. So it kind of took the word and translated that word to the word. Where NLT is more like thought for thought, phrase for phrase. Like it took the idea, okay, this is what the sentence is about, and I'm going to make it in a way that doesn't change the text, but gives you kind of a modern day understanding. So I, when I read scripture out loud publicly when teaching or, or on the podcast or with friends, I will read NLT just so I cannot trip over my words and stutter. If you actually go back to like the first few episodes of the podcast, I was reading from my ESV Bible and I was just tripping over myself constantly. Um, so back on point here. So the Bible is a collection of books put into one framework. Now, was it all written at the same time? I had a student one time, a youth student who's, when I was working in Atlantic City, she came in and she said, Pastor Will, my mom said that the Bible was written by a white man in one sitting. And I was like, that, I don't know where anyone got that from. That is not true. The Bible was definitely not written by a white man. It was not written in a couple sittings, right? The Bible is compiled up of like 1600, it took like 1600 years to write scripture. And it was by 40 or so, give or take, a 40 or so different authors from prophets to kings, to teachers, to rabbis, to um, fishermen, to doctors. The Bible was composed from so many different authors over a big span of like 1,600 years. Now, what's amazing about that, it was vastly and very consistent. It's one story, God's story, written over the span of thousands of years and we've been, it's been able to be kept safe and kept accurate this whole entire time, right? When you look at Genesis 1, the very first, says, first sentence is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first thing you have to know when reading scripture is, one, the Bible isn't about you. It's about the main character who is God. It just has something to do with you, like, right? It's not focus on just who you are, just who I am. It's written about God and what he thinks and cares, what he thinks about humanity and how he cares about humanity and wants to redeem us. So we're part of the story. We're in the story, but it's, we are not the main character of the story. So the Bible over 1,600 years was passed down from author to author, right? The first five books of the Bible, we call the Pentateuch, right? That was written by Moses, some, some would say, and, and maybe picked up a little bit by Joshua. We have writings from King David, writings from Solomon, writings from, the, from Matthew, from, from Dr. Luke. We have writings from all the, I, the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah. We have all these different writings, but the main character never changed. It stayed God and stayed consistent. So when later on, when the early church formed, they compiled these writings 
and, and they canonized it, meaning that they took what, they, what was Scripture and they put it together in one book. Now let's talk about Scripture. Where does Scripture come from? Scripture is the inspired Word of God. So any book that is Scripture, the Word of God, let me tell you the truth, was 100% written by man. 100% written by humanity. But in the same vein, in the same concept, stick with me here, it was 100% written by man, but also 100% inspired by God. Now, so this book we have here is written by man, for man, but it was inspired by God, for people, for humanity. Right? When I say man, I'm talking about humanity, not just males. And over time, the, the Bible is, so it's 1,600 years, and this Bible is 66 books. Now, you have some Catholic Bibles, some Orthodox Bibles that have a few more, but we can kind of all relate back to this one. Now, what about the, your question? Like, like, what would be those few more books? There was a time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that was like part one and part two of the book, right? So there's like the part one uh, chronicles of the book, and then the part two chronicles of the book. And in this, there was these, these books like the Maccabees, and we, the Catholics will call it the Apocrypha. Well, now that's been debated even at its writing and at its time, it was debated as, is this scripture? Now, there was debate because some of the historical facts in there were, were not accurate. So in our Bible, now that I have in front of me, we have the 66 books that we kind of all agree on across the denominations and is consistent with what the Holy Spirit started in Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible. Now, the Bible's been canonized and sealed. In Revelation, it ends with, in chapter 21, hey, do not add any more words to this book of prophecy. It's talking about all the scripture, all of it, where it's like saying, hey, hey, the canon scripture is done. Now, when they were canonizing the Bible and they were looking at the Bible, it wasn't just, hey, any books that had to do with God or Jesus get in. It, there was a criteria. One, it had to be written by, they had to check the authorship. Who wrote this passage? Who was it about? Who wrote it? Then it had to check its consistency, right? Was it consistent with all other writings of the Holy Spirit, right? And did Jesus accept it? Were the books accepted? When you look at the New Testament, we can look at what's accepted in the Old Testament because Jesus quotes a lot of the Old Testament. We look at the early church today, and did they read from these books? Well, all these letters that we have in front of us weren't just random compilings of ancient history put together. They were consistent and had a criteria. Were they accepted by the early church? And by the early Jews, the Old Testament and the New, was, the, uh, was it consistent, right? Did he say consistent with what the Holy Spirit started all the way in book one, all the way to the end? And the authorship, who wrote it? When was it written? And how do we know it to be true? So you'll see that we use manuscripts to base off it. Now we have all these different translations. Each one, we have NIV, ESV, NLT, NASB, New King James Version, KJV. A lot of different translations. Now, let me tell you this. The translations are not a game of telephone where we wrote one translation in English, we wrote another one based off of that, we wrote another one in Spanish. We wrote all translations of the Bible that we have today were either transcribed from the manuscripts that were either Aramaic, Greek, or Hebrew, right? So if they're making a new translation of the Bible, they don't look at another translation. They look at the original ones that were Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek, and they translate it from that. So today, you can pick, if you learn Greek, you can pick up a Greek Bible, and that was the, the original language that some other books were written. You could pick up a Hebrew Bible, and that would be some of the, 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 the translation would be what was written. Now, there, there's, there's other thing called the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm going like all over the place. 
the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they found that later on in life, right? They had all these manuscripts compiled, 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 and they were writing scripture down. They were translating the Bible. They were mass copying it. And then all of a sudden, we get this thing called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, everyone's flipping out. Oh, man, we're going to know if the Bible's actually accurate. We're going to find all these inconsistencies, and it's going to be crazy, and the whole storyline's going to be terrible, and we're going to finally be able to prove that the Bible isn't accurate. Well, they find the Dead Sea Scrolls. They compare it to the Bible. They compare it to the original manuscripts they had, and they were the same. There was no errors. There were, okay, let me say this. There were a few errors, not, not narratively, not story-wise, not word-wise. There was just a few punctuation errors that we were able, between all the mass copies, to understand the, the, the be able to understand what the sentence was actually supposed to be said. So you can sit, rest assured that the translation we have right now is accurate. Now, I can tell you this. There's at least 65 errors in the New Testament alone when it comes to, the manu- comes to what's in front of you right now. The book that's in front of me right now has probably 65 errors in the New Testament. They're either grammatical or numerical, and it doesn't change the whole scope of the Bible, right? It doesn't change the narrative. So when I talk about that the Bible, I'm going to use this phrase, the Bible is inerrant, meaning without error, I believe the original manuscripts are without error, and the Bible we have in front of us have, have primitive errors that don't change the story or the intent of the sentence structure or what the main character desired for us to know. Woof, that was a lot, huh? Now, what's scripture used for? Is it meant for me just to pick up and read? Well, in the 66 books, there's different genres. There's historical books, there's prophetic books, there's poetry, there's letters that were addressed to certain people for a certain time, right? So when you look, when you go to scripture, you have to make sure that you're looking at the context. The way I like to look at scripture is look at it with the bullseye aspect. Look at the verse you're looking at, then back up a little bit and look at the chapter it's in and relate it to that. Then relate it back up even more and relate it to the book that it's in. Back it up even more, relate it to the, which one it is in, the New Testament or the Old Testament. Then back it up even more and look how does that verse fit into the Bible, into the Word of God as the whole, right? You never want to just cherry pick verses if you don't understand the context. You should never cherry pick a verse. You should know the context behind it. Now, what else is Scripture used for? Well, Scripture actually tells us what it's used for. This book tells you, hey, this is what it's meant to be used for. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, right? So it's saying all of this scripture we have is inspired by God. All of it, every word written. Now, I know a big question is, well, how do we know it didn't change? We have manuscripts after manuscripts after manuscripts to back up the original writings. So when people say, oh, well, we, well kings changed it and, and politicians changed it and different people groups changed the Bible to just fit their worldview, that's not true. We can go early back. We have more, about, we have more backup on this book than we have all the other books in academia. When you look at books that we accept, like Homer's The Odyssey, we don't sit there and debate, did Homer really write this? No, we know it to be true because we have the manuscripts to back it up. We have more manuscripts than any other book in history about Scripture, about the Bible. We are so sure, using something called textual criticism, that the Bible is true and accurate and has been well kept, right? That's the amazing thing about the Bible, that it survived the test of time, and 
when people say like, oh, well, I can't change it. Just ask them the question, what king and when? We'll just go back to the, the translation before. We'll go back to the writing, the copy, before that king started. But you can't do that because it's going to be the same. We haven't changed it. Now, in this verse that was written to Timothy by Paul, he's saying, hey, all scripture, everything that's written by God, written by men, but written by God, right, inspired by God, is God-breathed. And it's meant to teach us what is true. It's to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses scripture to prepare and equip his people, us believers, to do every good work, right? It's useful to teach us what we're supposed to do. How many people are out there going like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in life. Look at scripture and it will guide you. But I love that it says that it's useful to teach us what is true. Come on, everyone is trying to figure out what's true these days. That's like the biggest talk. What is true? And it's truth relative. Scripture will tell us what's true, but it also tells us what is wrong. It tells us what to stay away from. So when we look at Scripture, it's not just an eight ball. It's meant to be studied. It's meant to be ripped apart. You know, in, first Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 20, it says this. I think this is really important. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, it says this, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. Right? So it's saying anything that was written down didn't just come from God's own intuition or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So all the words in this book do come from God. Yes, someone wrote them down. They were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they were, yes, they might have put emotion into it, they might have put thought into it, but it didn't change what the Holy Spirit intended the reader, you and I, to understand. To want what he wanted us to know. Scripture is an amazing thing. And I'm going to be honest with you. People have abused Scripture over and over and over again. But in our, at least our American world, we have access to read it. We have access to study it. There's plenty of things out there like the Bible Project and all these other things that are free that you can use to unpack and learn Scripture. But let me tell you, all Scripture is inspired by God. Today, if you're really trying to find out what's true, why don't we start here? There's a lot of questions about the Bible. But let me tell you, the Bible can handle it. It can withstand your questions. So if you have a question about how something was written or how it was compiled or, or how it got it, Look it up. The, the evidence is out there. I don't just pick up this book and go, okay, let me read it because someone gave it to me. I read it because I know it to be true, but I've tested it. I've asked questions. And I'm not saying just trust my word. I'm encouraging you and asking you and challenging you to do the same. Do you want to know where scripture came from? Read it. Read the Bible cover to cover. The reason I've been reading the Bible since 2010 was I, at the time I was real depressed. I was going through a lot. And I remember it was January. And in January, I decided it was after my Christmas break. My, my freshman year of college, again, with that weird guy. And I remember that class, I was like, I want to know what the Bible says. And because I, I don't want to be one day a pastor who doesn't know what scripture says. So I said, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading the Bible from cover to cover this year. And a year later, I did finish it. I started from Genesis and I ended in Revelation. And when I was done, I, was, I felt, wow, I have more questions than answers. I don't understand half the things I read. I went back and read it again, and I go back and read it again. And yes, I still have a lot more questions than answers, but I did find a lot of answers, and I found a lot of hope. 
And, I, and one of the biggest things I realized was I'm not the main character of the story. God is. But in this life, like anybody else, I can get lost. I can be confused and I not know what to do. But this book says that it's useful to teach me what is right, teach me what is true, teach me what is wrong and correct. So today, look at scripture. What does it say? Learn it. Pick it apart. If we really say that we want to follow Jesus and believe the words he said, if we really want to believe in God, then we should be ripping this thing apart because we're reading it so much. Today, do you want to know what's true? Do you want to know what's right, what's wrong? And do you want to follow after God? Pick up a Bible and explore it. Till next time. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and see you next time.